Thanks for joining us today with another podcast from New Hope Church. We hope that you enjoy what we have for you today and find it encouraging and uplifting. If you ever want to learn more information about New Hope Church, please visit us online at myhope.life. We'd love to get to know you. Have a wonderful day and God bless. person that listens, God, that every person that hears it, God, it would touch their lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Uh-oh. I lost my, I lost what I needed. Well, anyways, I started talking about fear and how, um, you know, I remember as a child being uh, afraid of uh, of the dark. I remember having a uh, I remember uh, a nightlight in my room. I remember all those things, and I remember running to my mom and dad's room when I would be afraid. I'll never forget those moments. Probably ran in there in times when I shouldn't have, but I did because there was safety with dad. And so my title today is from fear to faith. So many times we get wrapped up in fear and we forget to run to our Heavenly Father, Jesus. And we, we, we wrap ourselves in this fear. We have a hard time moving forward and taking steps of faith because fear inundates us. I remember hiding under my blankets and if everything was covered, I was safe. But I gotta make it to mom and dad's room. So I'm gonna have to uncover myself. I'm gonna have to run really fast to get there. I'll ne- I, I, this was my this was my thinking when I was a kid. Like I would tuck the blankets all up underneath me. I'd have to go to the bathroom, but I would be so afraid that I couldn't. I hope that some of you were afraid of the dark as a child. okay to be afraid of the dark. But in the song that we just sang, I raise a hallelujah. Darkness begins to flee. Ah, Fear, you don't have a hold on me. Sometimes fear does get a hold of us. It can be uh, our careers. It can be our, our relationships. It can be the things that we go through with life. It can be school. It can be college. It can be whatever it is. It can be something that traps us and causes us to fear. But I would put this position to you today. To move from fear to faith. You see, faith requires you to do things that maybe don't make sense. And we talked about that last week. And you know, whenever I talked from, from being anxious to victorious. And we talked about Joshua walking around the walls of Jericho. And how God had commanded him. To not be fearful. How God had commanded him to be of good courage. But God, I'm still afraid. I don't know. I remember though, when I would take that cover off of me, my feet would hit the floor, and I would run to mom and dad's room. Most of the time, the door was locked. And I would beat on that door, mom and dad. Let me in. Oh, and of course, 
mom and dad would let me in. Because I ain't going to sleep. <laughs> I'm beating on their door. Uh, and then there was one time, telling you stories of my childhood, I'll never forget this. Me and Lauren shared a room. We were in like a condo when we lived in, uh, I think it was Virginia. And I'll never forget this moment. I was walking, I got up and I went to the bathroom. And I was so afraid. You know, when you're afraid, sometimes your eyes begin to play tricks on you. When you're afraid, you have this heightened sense of awareness. The hair on the back of your, have you ever noticed those primal instincts? The hair on the back of your <laughs> neck stands up. Your ears twitch when you hear a sound. Yeah, those are like some, some primal instincts that begin to take place. And they're from the fight or flight response in our bodies. I remember I was walking down the hallway and I was trying to be calm, but I'll never forget I looked to the side of me and I saw a ghost. <laughs> and I ran to my bed. I ran to my mom's bed and I jumped in the bed and I was like, Mom, I saw a ghost. <laughs> Lauren wasn't there and I saw Lauren. Lauren is still alive. You saw her all last week. Can't be a ghost of Lauren. But I saw Lauren beside me and it scared me. So the next day, I don't believe I saw a ghost. There was clothes hanging up in the in the hallway. <laughs> so here we are, sometimes we get wrapped up in our fear. And all of a sudden, we're not walking by faith anymore. We're walking by sight and we begin to see things and hear things and like feel things and it's like it's not God it's me and my fight or flight response and so my challenge today is to help you understand the importance of walking by faith versus walking by sight because there's so many stories in the Bible that we read where people could have walked by sight and surely stepped down we are in the battle of our life. Some of us don't know the enemy. But I want to share a story. And it's 1 Samuel chapter 17, David and Goliath. This may take you way back to the days of Sunday school. I hope it does. Because I'm excited to preach this message. From fear to faith. Now Jesse said to his son David... Take this ephah of roasted grain and take these ten loaves of bread for your brothers and hurry to their camp. Take along these ten cheeses to the commander of their unit. See how your brothers are and bring back some assurance from them. Because they were with Saul and all the men of Israel in the valley of Elah fighting against the Philistines. David had a purpose. And his purpose was to take a gift of some bread and some cheese and take it down there and give it to his brothers and see how the battle was going. But what did David do? Many of us know the story of David Goliath. <laughs> what happened? David did not just go down there and see what was happening, but he went down there. Here's what happens to many of us. We look at the situation. We look at what God is, is trying to do and we begin to get out the tape measure. 
Okay, God. This doesn't measure up. This doesn't fit mm, my plan. See, my plan is somewhere here. And God's like, stop measuring up. Sometimes we look at the enemy. This is what gets me. Is we look at the enemy, and I talked about this last week. We need to stomp on the enemy. We need to put the enemy beneath our feet. You can remember that God gave us dominion over him in our relationship with him. And so we have got to use the authority that God has given us. And so David and Goliath. Oh man, Goliath such a big guy. How many of you remember my dad is bigger than your dad? My dad is stronger than your dad. My dad can beat up your dad. My dad's got a chainsaw. <laughs> like, my dad's truck is bigger than your truck. I, was, I, I remember all those things. And like, it was just a thing the kids did. It was like, well, well my dad can do this, and my dad can do that. <sighs> I'm here to tell you today, my dad is Jesus. Because it says in his word that he's the father of the fatherless. So sometimes in life, you're walking and it seems like you're alone. The enemy raises his ugly head. And he looks so big. Because you know what the thing about the thing about the devil is? He's good at deception. And so it looks real big. But really, it's not that tall. You see, depending on your perspective, like if, if I'm standing here on the camera. I look differently than when I stand up there because the perspective has changed. In our lives, we look at the enemy and he raises his ugly head. The perspective we are, we're like, oh man, he's so big, he's so strong. This situation that I'm in is so much more than I can handle. This God, you said you wouldn't give me more than I can bear, but here I am. I was supposed to deliver cheese and bread. Like, think about it. Sometimes what we think is our purpose really isn't what God called us to do. He called us to do so much more than be cheese and bread carriers. But we've got to know the enemy. So let's talk about Goliath a little bit. Goliath was nine foot three inches tall. Goliath wore a protective coat that weighed at least 78 pounds. At least 78 pounds. Like, think about that. That is a lot of weight. The most I carried in my rucksack in basic training, I never got deployed, but in basic training, the most I ever carried was about 50 pounds, maybe 60 if I was pushing it. And that was just because we had to do that. In, in, in battle, they put on a whole lot more carrying ammunition and stuff like that. They put on a whole lot more weight. So a soldier is strong. A soldier is big. They got muscles on their muscles. Like, like those guys are so cool. They're my heroes. Like, I served in the army, and the army's still my heroes sometimes. <laughs> oh, oh, it was one of the best times of my life. But in the military, those guys are strong. They're buff. Goliath was a strong dude. David was a shepherd. He was a musician. David wasn't a big guy. He was a little guy. And he was young. 
So many times we think, oh, I've got to be old to do something for God. Let me share this fact with you. Charles Perham. Perham. Yeah, Perham. He was 20, I believe 8 years old. I'm going to have to fact check. Maybe he was 22. It was either 22 or 28. He started a Bible college called Bethel Bible College. And you know what? That was one of the first recorded places in the USA where the Holy Ghost fell like it did on the day of Pentecost. You don't have to be old to experience God, to do something for God. Rochelle, fact check me so we can have the age by the end of the message. <laughs> um, needless to say, Goliath was a lot bigger than David. But don't despise your youth. You can still do great things for God. There are going to be some giants in your life that arise. And they're going to look so big. And they're going to be so scary. And the giants that I'm talking about are your relationship with God sometimes. Taking those steps of faith. Moving in that relationship with Him. All of a sudden the enemy's going to raise his head. It's going to seem like a giant. But remember who's on our side. You see, David's perspective was not in the perspective that I'm giving you. David's perspective was not, oh, Goliath is so big, but oh, God is so great. Amen. You see, we've got to change our perspective and realize that, oh, the giant may seem big, but my God is bigger. That God is bigger. There used to be a song that we would sing from Veggie Tales. God is bigger than the boogeyman. He's bigger than Godzilla or the monsters on TV. <laughs> oh, did anyone grow up in a VeggieTales family? Oh, yes. <laughs> oh, loved VeggieTales. All right. One of the last few things that uh, I loved as a child, I remember VeggieTales. <laughs> So let's unpack what happened and let's see what changed the plan that David had of delivering his cheese. So we'll jump to verse 23. And as he talked with them, behold, there came up the champion, the Philistine of Gath, Goliath by name, out of the armies of the Philistines and spake according to the same words. And David heard them. He heard the same words that everyone else did. I think that is a very important part of the scripture. Because a lot of times the enemy says things and we all hear it, but we all respond differently. And all the men of Israel, Zach, why are you preaching this on Father's Day? What does this have to do? Because this scripture right here. And all the men of Israel, when they saw the men, fled from him and were sore afraid. What? All the men of Israel went and hid. I'm preaching this today because I don't want there to be men that would run and hide. I don't want men to fear. Your families need you. This world needs you. I'm not like saying that, like, I'm not saying that, 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 that men are everything. But let's just take this day, just this moment right now. Men don't run and hide. The same goes for the women. Don't worry, you're not getting off that easy either. You can't run and hide either. We are children of the living God. We have got to stand. But in this moment, the men of Israel, they disappeared. They were gone. 
And David spake to the men that stood by him, saying, What shall be done to the man that killeth this Philistine and taketh away the reproach from Israel? Hey, what do you think will happen if someone actually does knock off the guy? Actually, someone <laughs> does defeat him. What do you think will happen? 28. So, and Eliab, his eldest brother, heard when he spake unto the men. This David spake unto the men. And Eliab's anger was kindled against David. And he said, Why comest thou down hither? And with whom hast thou left those few sheep in the wilderness? I know thy pride and the naughtiness of thine heart. For thou art come down that thou might just see the battle. You see, David began to talk some smack and he changed the perception and he began to say, my God is greater than the enemy. My God is greater than the situation. My God is greater than what is going on right now. My God is bigger. I'll do it. Oh, Eli's brother just got mad. You know what's going to happen when you begin to declare things like that? Is the enemy gets mad. And he's going to use the closest people around you to try and sway you. To try and tear you down. To try and destroy you. Because that's what the enemy loves to do. He loves to kill, steal, and destroy. He loves to deceive the saints of God and try to rob them of their victory. But I'm here to tell you today that if you'll stop walking by sight and start walking by faith and you'll leave fear in the past, that God will begin to change some things. But David saw something. And this scripture here means so much. In verse 29 it says, And David said, What have I now done? Is there not a cause? I can imagine David, for some reason, maybe when everyone went running and hid, and he followed because we tend to do that. We tend to follow. When there's a mass movement of something, we tend to follow that. And so maybe for a few moments, David hid his face like the rest of the men of Israel. But some anger was kindled in him because of the fear of the enemy. It should kindle some anger inside of you when fear begins to rise up and you don't know how to move forward in your relationship with God. Some fear should, some anger should be kindled inside of you. What have I done now? Is there not a cause to fight? Something got kindled in David and he said, is there not a cause to fight? The children of Israel were all in fear. They were all behind the rocks hiding. The last thing that this world needs is men and women of God who hide behind a facade. The last thing that we need in this world is people who when the enemy rises run in fear. I can tell you if you don't feel the enemy at some point in your life I would be afraid that my relationship with God isn't where it needs to be. And you're like, what does that mean? Let me share with you. Listen. 
enemy doesn't mess with people that he's got knocked down. Because he's already got you where he wants you. So if you're living your life carefree and nothing ever seems to come up in your life, the struggle is real. And it means sometimes as a Christian, there's going to be a fight. And you're going to have to have your prayer life right. You're going to have to have your Bible reading right. Because when the enemy comes in, like a flood, i got to pray that the standard of the Lord will raise up a shield against him. Amen. Amen? So whenever the enemy is coming into my life, and I begin to see it with my natural eyes, I've got to begin to get into the spiritual and say, Oh God, I need you. This relationship with you means everything. You know what? Sometimes, sometimes you gotta get mad. In your prayer life, you have got to get some anger, and you have got to have some authority. You have got to have some dominion over the enemy because he will run right over you. Look at David. Is there? What have I now done? Is there not a cause? He had a little bit of cockiness because his dad was bigger than Goliath. That God was bigger. So what happened? And David said to Saul, let no man's heart fail because of him. Thy servant will go and fight with this Philistine. And Saul said to David, thou art not able to go against the Philistine to fight with him. For thou art but a youth and a man of war. And he is a man of war from his youth. And Saul armed David with his armor. And he put on a helmet of brass upon his head. Also he armed him with the coat of mail. You see what the world wants of you is to be like, okay, you got to be, well, I remember in the military, you had to be a certain height, you had to be a certain weight, everything had to be just right um, so that you could stay in. Now, I'm not, you can tell, I'm not super athletic, <laughs> so I struggled with that part, Okay? I had a hard time sometimes with that part because here's what the army said. Okay, your neck has to be this big. Your waist has to be this big. <laughs> everything has to be a certain size. And I'm like, oh, Lord, what did I get myself into? Best diet plan ever. It was great. I loved it. I still, I still, I still think about it and I loved it so much. I did. I really did. Um, but... What they wanted me to do was fit a mold. Warriors have a mold. Soldiers have a mold. Goliath was a man of war from his youth. He had molded himself into a warrior. David was not a man of war. So Saul, when he saw him, oh, why am I going to let this guy go? Let me dress you up the way that you should look. Let me put on you how I think you should do what you should do to fit in. Let me put on you what I think will make you a soldier. Will make you have a better chance at success. David didn't measure up what the king was looking for. David, he was a little too short. 
He was a little too scrawny. He was a little too young. But he was right on time. You see, what God uses may not be what you thought. You see, sometimes I, I, I love a good prayer warrior. Someone who can just get in there and really pray. But don't, don't tell me how good of a prayer warrior you are. I don't need to know because I can see it. I can tell if someone's a good prayer warrior or not. You know what? Tell me. I will sense it on you. You know why? Because there's something about a relationship with God. There's some of you in here that you have a relationship with God. And I know because I can feel it. <laughs> and then there's some of us. Hey, I've been there. It's okay. Don't, don't, don't. When I say this, don't, don't feel like, oh, it's not nice. You don't have as good of a relationship with God that you could have. We can all do better in our relationship with God. That is fair. That's criticism for you and me. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> David had a relationship with God because of his worship, his communion with God. And we have got to have that. David girded up his sword and his armor, and he was ready to go, for he had, but he had not proved it. What had happened, and David said to Saul, I cannot go with these, for I have not proved them. And David put them off. This says to me, there are some things in our lives that we have got to put off. And trust God. The armor was not good enough for David. The armor sometimes, I, the armor of God is good enough. But the armor that someone else would try and put into you, the things that someone would try and speak into you, you need to live your life like this. You need to do this. You need to measure up to this. That's what I'm talking about. You can't let those things dictate your life, but rather we've got to walk in faith in our relationship with God. We have got to stop trying to measure up to everyone else. Because you know what? My relationship with God isn't going to get you into heaven. It's your relationship with God that will get you into heaven. Now, I have to, I have to pray. I do. Like, if I don't pray, guys, I am not a nice person. Um, I'm not. I have to pray. I have to have time with God. Because if I'm not, my flesh begins to rise up. And we've got to make sure that we are in check with that. That our flesh does not rise up. We've got to allow, stop allowing society to dictate who we are and what we'll be. Look, there's a, there's a thing. Like, there's church culture. And, like, you, you do these certain things. Like, you want to be a church? Like, you got to do these different things. Oh, never thought I would ever say this. I wanted to be one of those churches. You know? Like, oh, we do all the cool things. You know, like, we're, we're super relevant. You know, we're like, awesome. I wanted to be that church. But you know what? Something inside of me says I can't be that church. Something inside of me says I have got to allow God to move me rather than man move me. I have got to allow God to move me rather than my will move me. That's what I'm talking about when I say that we still be cool church I promise <laughs> your identity was never found in the world 
Your identity has always been in Jesus Christ. Why do you think there is so much crisis in our world today? It is because many of us lack the relationship with God that we need to have. And there's crisis in our lives because we're struggling with identity. And that identity is found in Jesus Christ. How do I know that? Look at this in verse 40. And he said, he took, and he took his staff in his hand, his identity, who he was. He was a shepherd. He chose him five smooth stones and out of the brook. He put him in the shepherd's bag. And when he had even a script and his sling was in his hand, he drew near to the Philistine. David was full of faith that God had this in control. But why did he pick up five smooth stones and one glass? Now, this is like hotly debated. I, I, I checked this out, you know, a lot. I've researched this a lot. Goliath had some brothers. <coughs> About four. If you look at it, it says some different things. There was giants in the land. Goliath wasn't the only one. I don't know if David, when he picked up those five smooth stones, knew what he was doing, that there was four more giants. But did you know David's mighty men, when he became king, took out some more giants? There was a generation of giant killers that emerged. Now, there's, that just does something for me. When I began to think about a generation of giants, we can live in fear or we can choose to walk in faith and slay the giants for a generation. I don't know about you, but I want to walk in faith and I want to see the enemy's kingdom fall. I want to see a move of God. I want to see God touch lives. I want to see people that were alcoholics one day come into the church, yeah. get prayed for, God move in their lives and they say, I'm not going back to the life that I was because what I feel is what I've been looking for. Uh, this is the best high that I've ever been on. I can tell you all the drugs and the alcohol I've drunk, there is nothing better than a relationship with the King of Kings and Lord of yeah. Lords. There is nothing better than Jesus Christ, our King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Uh, David may have had fear, and there's days that I have fear in my life, but I'm not going to allow fear to dictate what I do. I'm going to walk in faith. Uh, oh, his family got mad because he took a stand. His king got mad because he, he didn't want to take the armor that he had given him. But when he walked out on that battlefield, when David walked out on that battlefield, the world didn't dictate who David was. The world didn't say, hey, you got to wear this thing. you got to be this way. you got to be perfect like this. No. He walked out on the battlefield in his relationship with God. And as you have a relationship with God, there's going to be some things in your heart that begin to change because we're not perfect. We're not just exactly how we need to be. We need the master craftsman to put us back together because we're broken so many times and we need his love and his care. We've got to stop fear and have faith that God is on our side. The perspective has got to change. Many times we allow the enemy to look real big if we stand up on our two feet, put on the whole armor of God, and having nothing, and having God all to stand, stand there for, we would see that the enemy is just little. 
He's deceived so many. I want to stand with my brothers and my sisters in battle. You're my brothers and sisters. I want to stand in battle with you. You see, one thing I've learned is, is that many times we we get scared. We allow the enemy to come in and push us around. But when we stand, come here. When we stand linked up, arm in arm, I'm going to use Ashley on the other arm because she's she's closer. Sarah, I need to borrow you for a minute. I need you to push Rochelle, not real hard, just just push her a little bit. Look at that. You see, when we're when we're standing together, arm in arm. There's nothing that can knock us down. You go ahead and push Ashley. You know what? Then someone comes along on the other side. And we lock arms. We say, no, you're not going to... There's a term in the military that I love. Battle buddy. Oh, like it sounds so lame, but let me tell you, there's just something about that term that I love. Battle buddy. You know him. You know her. You, you, you know... The way they move, you know the movements of each other. You're friends. My God, I love you. I'm to be in basic training. We have got to have some battle buddies in church. Men, there's three of us here. There might be some online. There's three of us here. We got to link up. We've got to stand arm in arm. Women. Don't be beating down each other. Stand arm in arm. Link up. Hold on to each other. Lift each other up. That's what the church is about. Not to tear down, but to build up. Not to break down, but to, to fix, to help, to, to stand arm in arm. You see, if that one person is standing there and he comes in, it's easy. You just keep pushing you back, pushing you further back, pushing you back. And it feels like you've never got any progress. And you look around and you're like, how do we have any friends? I don't. And then all of a sudden, church becomes irrelevant. Because you don't have a connection with anyone in the church. A connection with people in the church is just as important as a relationship with Jesus. A prayer life is just as important as a relationship with Jesus. They all go hand in hand. They all tie together. You see, when you look at Christianity as a whole... It is more than saying, well, Jesus, I accept you. And that's it. There is more to it. There's more to it. There is this relationship thing that you've got to get down. You've got to love one another. Men, this is a freebie for you. It has nothing to do with my message but if you ever find yourself married, if you're watching online and not married, um, the Bible says men love your wives as Christ loves the church. That's big. That's real big. Because if I remember right, they crucified Jesus 
and he still loved them. Now that just, to me, that just speaks volumes. Men love your wives as Christ loved the church. But also, we should be loving each other. If you're not married, we've got to have a relationship with God. But we've got to have a relationship with one another. In verse 10 of chapter 17, I didn't put this one on there. And the Philistines said, I defy the armies of Israel this day. Give me a man that we may fight together. I'm going to change his words and his meaning. Because what Goliath said doesn't matter to me. What the enemy said doesn't matter to me. Give me a church that we may fight together. Give me a group of people that will stand when the going gets tough, that we may fight together. Give me a group of people that no matter what is going on in our lives, we're going to worship God. We may have hurts and pasts in our background, and I'm not, I'm not putting those down at all. I've got some pains and some hurts that I still work through in my life. But I can tell you, your relationship with God is the most important thing that you can have. I don't know about you. But when I think about my relationship with God, and I think about the relationship with my dad... All those things. We can think about Father's Day. We can think about all these things. What comes out in front? What is your... What is your God? Is it... Is it Jesus? Ask yourself. It's a serious question. It's real deep. It got real deep. Ask yourself. Are you my Lord and Savior? Do I have a relationship with you that I need to have? Have I followed what you said in your word, God? Or have I just only scratched the surface of what it can be? Our identity is found in Him. We've got to have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. I can't emphasize it more. It is on you. I'm just here to help. I'm just here to try and, and explain some things that are in the Bible and hopefully make you laugh a little bit. But there are some serious things when we look at David and Goliath. David changed the perspective when the enemy tried to make fear rise in his life. We've got to be the same way. Don't let fear hold you down. I'm going to take a few moments. And let's spend some time in prayer. And let's evaluate our relationship with God. Ask yourself the questions. Is it where I need to be? Have I been baptized? Have I followed the plan of salvation? Have I followed what God wants in my life? Jesus. God, I pray that your presence right now will begin to sweep across and deal with everyone's hearts. God, I need you. God, I made some mistakes, and I need you more than ever today, God. 
God, you know the fear that's in my life, God. God, I want to walk victoriously in you. God, I want to see you move in a mighty way in this church, God. God, I want to see your spirit poured out upon all generations, upon all nations, upon all people. God, I want to see a move of your spirit. God, I magnify you.
this message came out a lot different than what I personally planned. But it touched, touched me because I am sometimes the one who runs in fear and hides. Five years ago, my pastor, you met, many of you have met, Kelly Kaywood, came to Moorhead. And he's like, we're going to pass out flyers. And I was like, oh Lord Jesus. No, I'm not. <laughs> and so, we, we got all these flyers. I went past them out in Bemidji to help the church out. So full of anxiety, so scared. My hands were sweaty. And you know what? We were not just like handing a flat. We were like, this should be easy too, like handing it to someone. All I was doing was rolling it up and sticking it in the door. And I would run from house to house like I was scared to death to do this weird. It's out of my comfort zone. <laughs> uh, five years down the road, here we are in Detroit Lakes. You know what? Sometimes I have a hard time pushing the ad button on Facebook. <laughs> because it's almost like going back to that day, rolling up flyers and sticking it into the, the door. What if someone says, I don't want this? I have learned, finally, guys. It's been so long. I have learned. If someone doesn't want Jesus, what I've got, it's okay. It's your choice. I want to love and serve God with all my heart. And I challenge you to do the same. To move from fear to faith. And I just hope that this Father's Day, God blesses you. That God touches you. That no matter what is going on, no matter the situation with your dad, that you take the moment to remember the good things. And sometimes, for some, that may be hard, and sometimes that can be easy. But I challenge you to do that, because God has always been by your side. And it's time for you to have that relationship that he wants to have. I believe it. But that thing inside me. God, I pray right now that you would touch and move in each and every life. God, that you would keep us as we go throughout this week. I pray that you would touch us and strengthen us, God.